Welcome to the Davy Tree Expert Company's podcast, Talking Trees. I'm your host, Doug Oster. Each episode showcases one of Davy's certified arborists sharing advice with everyone about caring for your trees and landscapes. We'll talk about everything from introduced pests, seasonal tree care, deer damage, how to make your trees thrive, and much, much more. Tune in every Thursday to learn more because here at the Talking Trees podcast, we know trees are the answer. This week, I'm joined by Jason Gaskell. He is an assistant district manager for the Davy Tree Expert Company in Wilmington, Delaware. How are you, Jason? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks, Doug. And we're talking all about planning. I love planning, uh, but when I'm thinking about planning, I'm thinking about, okay, what kind of tree am I going to put in here? What kind of tree am I going to put in there? We're both in the east. Do I still have time to squeeze a tree into the soil at this point of the season? You know what? I always say that you have time as long as the ground's not frozen. So if you can dig, you can play it. Um, so now you might not be able to get the tree that you exactly want because depending on nurseries, um, you're kind of getting the end of the the, the barrel there. Um, nurseries have dug their stuff and they got it out for sale. And you might see some sales trying to get rid of inventory. And, and that stuff could be planning. But of course, you're going to have your fall hazards where they can't dig a tree this time of year without actually causing injury to the tree. So, yes, absolutely, you can um, you can plant trees, uh, install sod, and and do things like that as as long as you're not digging up, you know, jackhammering up uh, frosted tundra. So, Jason, I am one of uh, gardening's biggest cheapskates, and trees that are already dug at my local nurseries, they're healing them in now for the winter, but. They seem to be willing to sell them at a discount uh, just so they don't have to store it for the winter. That's right. And that's okay. And sometimes you can get a, a decent deal. Uh, I'm always wary when you're in. Um, I like uh, gardening at a discount too. And I think the, the biggest thing to prepare and, and, and look at is, is, is are you getting good stock or are you getting something that's been kind of abused in the nursery all summer long that's, uh, you know, got a lot of roots coming out of the burlap. It's um, maybe been banged around. Uh, you might see broken limbs on it. Uh, it might not have a good root collar. It could have the bark scraped off because it's been moved from one side of the nursery to another. You know, maybe it's been forgot about in the watering. You know, there's, sometimes there's a reason why they're, uh, you know, your 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 last it's kind of like, you know, uh, you know, when you're a kid and you're playing dodgeball and you're the last one picked, um, sometimes you're, you're not always the, the best on the team. So, you know, that, that you can think about that with trees, too, when you're picking them out. Just make sure that you're not getting the And the run of the litter might be OK. Um, it doesn't have to be the biggest specimen. And tell you the truth, uh, sometimes when you plant smaller um it's, it's a much better idea anyway, and the tree gets established and, you know, grows bigger than installing a tree, a bigger tree initially anyhow. Well, that's a great point, and that's why I have always telling people, go to a good nursery to get your trees. So you, one of the most important things that you see at a good nursery is somebody dragging that hose around. You got to make that's sure right. that tree, tree has been, been cared for. Uh, so... I know that uh, right tree, right place. I talk about that every podcast, but uh, since we're in the kind of same climate, you're Philadelphia area, I'm Pittsburgh area. 
if you had your druthers, is there a tree that you really love that doesn't get planted that much? I ask this question to arborists a lot, and yeah, I like sure. to hear what they say. Yeah, so I have a, a set of favorites um, that goes from, you know, uh, what would be a nice um, shade tree to a nice medium-sized garden tree, a uh, lawn tree, or, you know, a small tree that might be nice planted near the house. And my, I guess one of my classic favorites that, you know, um, when they talk about trees that are, are good for waterlogged areas too, they're also good for drought because that means they have a root system that can take anaerobic conditions, which also means um, they can take conditions where they don't get a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of rain too. Um, so there are fishing trees. So uh, black gum, uh, Nessa is one of my favorites. And, you know, this time of year, if, and I'll, you know, the, the, the leaves might've fallen entirely in Pittsburgh there, but uh, right now my black gum in my front yard is, you know, turning a nice bright orange and red and, you know, it's just, uh, I think is a fantastic tree. I, you know, it's not dirty. Some people get a little afraid when they hear gum trees, you start thinking sweet gum balls and monkey balls and, you know, all of those things, but you know, they're, they're, they're not related and they're sands, the monkey ball, and they have small leaves, which are easy to clean up and don't get stuck in the tines of the rake. And, you know, they got a nice glossy leaf and they come out with a little bit of red color too. And, you know, they have a nice form. So that's, that's one of my favorite kind of medium-sized tree. And I, I saw you smile, so that might be one of your your Well, Jason, you're not alone in that, yes, I love that tree too, but so do so many other arborists. It's funny how often it comes up. And yet, it's it's uh, for the basic consumer, I think it's kind of a off-the-beaten-path tree, even though yeah. we, we just love it. Uh, so let's get back to planning a little bit. When you think planning at this time of the season uh, as an arborist what comes to mind for you well planning for me is what can we do in the winter time that is going to be good for good for the tree's health so when we often talk about pruning i i see a lot of and you probably see a lot of this too is that people have misconceptions of what are the best times to prune and, and people are always and and a lot of this comes to um Maybe it's around holidays or around times that people are enjoying their landscapes, but um, spring and fall become the times where people think, oh, fall is the best time to prune. Well, fall is probably actually the worst time to prune if you're considering uh, tree health. And the reasons why, I mean, in fall, you can do things like uh, take out deadwood and such, but um, doing alterations and live wood pruning of a tree in the fall can sometimes be a bad idea because this is when fungus is at its greatest and when fungus is starting to put out their fruiting bodies. So um, when you make a pruning cut, you leave that tree open and it's going dormant, but that open wound, the tree isn't actively compartmentalizing the wound and it can get infected with a, a, you know, a a sapwood rotting fungus that could be bad um, amylary or something like that. So um, you want to start planning for, you know, winter is one of the best times to prune because the tree is going to be dormant. Uh, fungus is, is is basically gone. It's going to be cold. Um, the arborist can move around the tree really well. So we like to, we love doing winter pruning. Um, arborists like it too. They're, you know, it's a, we could call them industrial athletes because they're, they're working in the tree. They're working. So, 
you know, um, they're not uncomfortable. They're more uncomfortable in the summertime than they are pruning a tree in the dead of winter. And they can really move around a lot when they don't have all the foliage and so forth. And they can really see the bones and the skeleton of the tree, see cracks and see things that they can't normally see in the tree when they're climbing around during the, uh, during the regular parts of the year. And you're never going to run into a bald-faced hornet's nest in the winter, right? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, this is a good time you could cut them off, you know, and sell them on Etsy or something like that. There I see people go. buy them. Uh, so, again, from a planning standpoint, uh, from an arborist standpoint for planning, what else are, are you looking at uh, at this time of the season? Well, this time of the season, I mentioned the uh, the conks and the fruiting bodies. And um, when when you see mushrooms and things like that, those are telltale signs that there could be decay. And, you know, you need an arborist to help you identify what type of decay it is. But um, when you start seeing when you start seeing the fruiting bodies, that, that's just part of the organism. Most of it is actually living in the trees or under the ground. So when you see a mushroom, that's, you know, that that's only the, um, call it the head above the sand, the rest of it's, you know, it's kind of like the iceberg when you, when you, when you see that diagram of how huge an iceberg is when it's underwater and it's just the tip out, that's just, that's just a piece of it. And, the fruiting bodies are, you know, how it's reproducing. And, you know, those are telltale signs that there could be some um, trouble with your tree, not just in a health way, but in a structural way, because you know, I often see trees that are really healthy with fruiting bodies, but that doesn't mean, and it could be functioning, the vascular system could be functioning in the tree, but it might mean that some of the cellulose and, st cellulose and stuff is compromised to the point where the structurally the tree is a danger or or it's weakened and you know could could be um a liability to fail another thing that i'm i think about for planning is looking for a spot for a tree to plant in the spring if you if you're not going to be planting this time of the year i i i'm like you i like to plant right until the ground freezes if i can find something i really like uh but looking over uh, the landscape now when you kind of have the bones of the the garden there is a good time to pick and choose a place for a tree and again i'm always always on this podcast and this is what i've learned from the arborist is right tree right place and knowing how big it's going to get knowing what kind of conditions it likes and if you and, and this is a good time to look around and figure that out right absolutely um, and so often this time of year, you know, you know, once the perennials are gone and you kind of have you, you have a little bit of a slate that's a little bit cleaner looking. So you kind of take some of the some of the call it the uh, the little things out of the, the picture of the landscape. And you can kind of have a uh, maybe a sense of where things that are established are. Um, and, you know, sometimes you look at a landscape if you've got a lot of perennials and things like that and say, wow, well, a tree couldn't go in there. And you, you could eliminate some of that stuff for a year-round purpose like a tree. Um, but but having some of that out of there, and, and you, also have, you also have time to think about it. Um, so often, you know, with landscaping, people start thinking of landscape designs in the spring, and then companies get are overbooked. And if you start thinking about in April, uh, May, uh, and you have consult with a landscape architect and say, hey, 
I'd like to, uh, you know, uh, have a new garden or a new planting bed established and some new trees planted. Uh, they'll say, all right, sure, it's going to take this many weeks to work up a design or do this and or get the tree and you're going to find yourself waiting. Um, and either you're going to get planted in summer where you're going to be doing a lot of watering or you're going to wait till fall or next year. But if you could talk to um, um, your arborist or a landscape company now and start planning, you're going to get on that list. And you're also going to be able to, the arborist or the landscape company, the designers, architects are going to be able to find that stock, the material that you want, and maybe get you some things that are more unique. Because if you wait, you're, tend to, you're going to tend to get what is available what the nurseries have kind of committed to thinking what's going to, because thinking what they're going to dig. I mean, they might have a lot of stuff in their yard, but they might say, Hey, you know what? We only, we only dug 10 stewardias last year. You know, let's, let's, let's not dig any more this year. And next thing you know, it's an in vogue thing. And that plant is not available um, later in the year because of, um, because an architect decided they liked it or became popular. Well, you you brought it up, Stuartia. Oh man, I'm telling you, I waited for a long time to put a Stuartia in, and I am so happy that I planted one. Maybe three falls ago because I got to see it bloom. Yeah, this year for the first time, and and that first time, you know, when when you have planned for all this time, you plan like oh. You know, you've seen a stewardia here or there, and you're like, I got it. And then, then it happens that you're at the nursery, you get one, you put it in the right place. And like I said, three years, maybe two or three years later, all of a sudden I'm coming around the corner and boom, it's boom. filled with flowers. Oh, so talk yeah. a little bit about that tree from your standpoint. I mean, is there a better uh, four season garden, uh, small garden, medium sized garden tree than a stewardia? I mean, there's not many trees that can that can really, truly give you four seasons. Um, and, you know, you some some trees you might say, yes, well, you know, a hawthorn's giving you berries. That's sure if the birds don't eat it or um, rust doesn't take over the berries and make them look uh, terrible. But, you know, Stewardia, you're getting um, the flowers in the summertime. Um, you're getting the a, a brilliant orange or red fall color, which is just really beautiful. Even in the summertime, the leaves are very soft and kind of um, almost hairy. They just have a nice texture to them. Um, nice bright color, so it can even brighten up some areas. And, you know, that camouflage bark is, um, is so cool looking. And when they get old and they just look, I mean, it's just a magnificent look to it. And that smooth camouflage bark in the wintertime um, can just make things look really, really neat. And the architecture is nice, too, and it's... It's also got a, um, I think it's a good shape tree too. Like some, a lot of times when we think about small trees, like people are looking, oh, what can I plant by the walkway? All right. Well, small trees could be red buds and dogwoods and things like that, but they tend to grow outward and they don't really fit because next thing you know, um, planting for the tree in the right place there um, might seem like a good idea, but it takes over your walkway and you can't get by it. Um, but where a stewardia has got a nice upright and you can train it in a nice upright way where it's going to fit in some of those um, corner of the houses by the walkway type of those type of spaces. So when talking about planning in general and planting, I know I'm at the end of my season here, but I wanted to ask you, 
when it, when do you like to plant your trees? What time of the season is is best from your point of view? Spring, fall? I I hate when when you said summer planting. All I could think about was me standing there with my hose every other day, praying that I'm getting enough water to that tree because I want it to survive. Sure. I mean, is there a worse time to plant in summer? I mean, I I, I would say summer. Um, you know, you, you can plant in winter again if you can with the ground. And then depending on the availability of plants, it's going to be about the same as fall. But fall, fall is fantastic, especially if you get it in early fall and you can get roots established and, and, and get some things going at that time. Um, but early spring is, is fantastic, too. I mean, I, I like early spring. And it depends on what, when stuff becomes available and what, what you can get your hands on. But you know, the earlier, the better, um, the more spring is going to be wet, moist, um, trees are going to be pushing out growth. They're going to be extending roots. Um, you know, if you got a, a good planting bed and you're, you're taking care of business in the soil, you know, that tree is going to get established where you don't have to kill yourself with watering. It's, it's amazing how much, you know, people say that, uh, trees, um, sleep, creep, and they leap. So that first year they're, 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 they're sleeping, but they're, they're not really sleeping. They're doing a lot of their work underground to compensate for, you know, the, uh, for, for the nurserymen cutting a lot of the root mass off. So that, that root, those roots have to catch up to the crown to, for the crown to start growing. So a lot of that magic's happening underground, uh, immediately as soon as it gets in the ground. Oh, and it is magic, isn't it? Just so nice that when you, it has to be for you. It is for me get a tree in the ground in the right place and have yeah. the right weather for it early on and get it established and know that that tree is going to be there for a long, long time, many times longer than the gardener. <laughs> That's right. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you got into this. Well, I got into this as a uh, kind of a nature lover. When I was a kid, we used to go camping and we didn't do a lot of um, the the type of family vacations where we're going to resorts and things like that. It was always camping and outdoors stuff. And I always liked being outdoors and playing around and, and monkeying under trees and, and being in the woods. And I always just, I just like that. And so my idea and thought was always to do something in biology. And I had a dream of being a park ranger and I went to uh, and do interpretation of, of natural resources and, be a naturalist and I um, went to school for that at the University of Delaware and I uh, <clears throat> and I uh, became a park ranger I was a park ranger in uh, North Dakota in Interp and did uh, naturalist programs and and then it, because that was seasonal in nature and um, speaking with a lot of um, uh, older rangers they kind of talked about the time and what it would take to get into full-time employment and kind of the circling around the globe that you'd have to, or the continent you'd have to do to kind of get to that point. Um, so in the wintertime, I got a job with a, uh, as a manager of a garden center, um, and a strange time to get hired in, in a garden center as a, as a manager, but it worked out. Um, the guy liked me and I ended up working there for a season and I, I started liking plants. And I, even though I had taken plant classes, I had done it in a naturalist type of aspect, but I kind of thought it was really cool. The, the idea of, of caring for uh, plants and trees, um, installing them and watching them grow and, 
you know, started working with insects and disease and the management of them. And that's how I discovered our arboriculture. So I've been doing this for about 20 years and, you know, got into the uh, plant healthcare side of, of tree care was what was really what got me going and turned on. I just thought it was so cool to be a doctor of trees, to diagnose problems, to, to find insects and disease. Why is this tree struggling? What are, you know, you know, is it just struggling because of its conditions, the stress? Like, how can you make it better and kind of doctor it up? And I, I really enjoyed watching it um, with clients, but watching that, you know, watching myself be able to fix a tree and, and turn its health around and just see it like looking really sad. And then, you know, being able to turn things around, you know, within a couple of years. Well, I'm going to leave it right there. I do have one more question for you now. I was the last one picked in dodgeball. What about you when you were a kid? I bet you were the guy who was picking the, the people. <laughs> no, not really. I was, uh, I was not, we, we moved around a lot. So I guess I was the runt, but you know, that that's a good point. You know, you don't, you know, sometimes you pick the runt and it becomes a, uh, a pretty good sturdy tree. All right. That sounds good. Jason, thanks so much for your time. That was good stuff. And Thank you, Doug. Uh, keep it up out there. Keep doing what you're doing. We will. I, uh, I love it. Well, there's no doubt about that. Wasn't that fun? Anyone else out there the last person picked for the team? I might have been the last person picked, but I was also one of the last people out at Dodgeball. All right, enough of that. Tune in every Thursday to the Talking Trees podcast from the Davy Tree Expert Company. I'm your host, Doug Oster, and do me a favor. Subscribe to the podcast. I hope you're having as much fun listening as I am hosting the show. Next week, we'll cover some important information about protecting your trees from winter storms. And as always, we like to remind you on the Talking Trees podcast, trees are the answer.